Welcome back to Big Gay Nerds playing Bleak Spirit, um, the second time around. This is this is weird because it's the first time we've like done a reiteration of a game like immediately after the first one. Like back to back? Yeah. yeah. But oh, yeah, wow. we got the same old cast. It's me, Owen, and there's Sarah and Jonix and Pixie. Hello. Hi. Hello. And uh, we've been collectively guiding this uh, magic weirdo named Echo around this kind of ruined overgrown city um and uh they've been kind of kicking ass wherever they go but also (laughs) it feels like some unpleasant status effects are building up (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah they're not having a good time yeah um Our poor friend yeah. Echo. Or maybe they are. Maybe that's what that's the re- the revelation we're going to have at the end. But we're not allowed to speculate until then. Right. Um, so, um, we left off with the end of part one. And now we're going to move into part two. Um, I don't think I had gone over this um, separately. So just to do it now. The thing about part two is that... You have all the same kinds of scenes, except Mm -hmm. um, they are just generally worse. Um, Interaction scenes are more likely to turn hostile or just, like, be bad and tricky to negotiate. Um, Mm -hmm. Danger scenes are going to have um, worse prices, Uh, for example... um, the first example for part one price is torn clothing, and the first example for part two price is your protective gear is destroyed. Mm. Um, and um, feature scenes are, um, it's still just you looking at things, but the things you're looking at are worse. <laughs> <laughs> are somehow more dangerous. They're more dangerous to behold. And just like, un- just like worse implications, like Sometimes, mm. like, um, feature scenes in part one can sometimes be sort of, like, little moments of, like, wonder or interest in the midst of the world. In part two, it's, like, just very much driving home, oh, this is bad. And given, like, how fucked up our feature scene in part one was, um... Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> hmm. We'll see. So far, oh. it's, been going, it's been going real bad, and I love yeah. it. Um, and so I believe the, the next arrangement has, uh, Sarah as Echo, Pixie as the world. So, um, are you down to get started? Just trying to think of something that ups the ante like that. (laughs) Mm. Well, we're going into part two, so we could do some kind of, again, I'm not technically supposed to suggest this, but you know, we're going into part two, maybe some sort of establishing mood feature scene. Yeah, I was thinking of that. And then we haven't been to the mall yet, so. You've got to go to the mall. <laughs> we got to go oh to the mall. Oh my god, you've got to go to the mall. Okay, yes, so. Um, let's see, when we left off, we had just gotten through the Feral Park. Mm-hmm. And so now um, Echo eventually uh, breaks out of the tree line. And... Um, on the edge of the park, there is just a massive complex of buildings um, towering above them. And um, as they approach, it's still very dark in this area. Inside of the mall itself, it is actually even darker. Okay. Within the mall, uh, the shadows seem to be shifting around. Mm. And... Um, there's a sound of footsteps here and there, but wherever Echo looks, they don't seem to be attached to anything. They can't see, but sometimes the shadows flicker in time with footsteps. Mm. Oh, that's good. That is, yeah. I also like the idea that, uh, the inside the mall isn't, like, overgrown with, like, vibrant, like, bushes and vines so much as it is, like mold and algae and that kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. just like yeah caking the walls and sometimes it's hard to tell like a 
like the shadows from just like a dark patch of something nasty. Yeah. Which it kind of feels like you're right. underwater, but you're not underwater. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. Ooh. Um, well, Echo is going to wonder because this is a big open complex. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to wander kind of in the direction of the nearby footsteps, just to, to see where they lead, to get an idea. And, and because there is no real direction, so why not pick one arbitrarily and in this case follow after the footsteps? Mm-hmm. Um, as they move through the mall, there seems to be a flicker of light and um, as they keep going in the direction of the footsteps, they might veer off one direction and then another. Mm-hmm. But eventually, they come to a central, what may have once been a food court. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, there is a huge fountain, and the water is shining. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well... Echo is going to approach very carefully with spear at the ready and tendrils unfurling behind them uh, just to be on their guard, of course. Um, Chorus, either of you. Um, there is something living in the fountain. Mm. What is it? Hmm. Well, I took the last beastie. Um. What do you think, Owen? Let's see. Um, so in the fountain, there is uh, something that is fish-like and actually has like a traditional like piscine body shape. Um, but um, the thing about it is that it is um, like uncomfortably large for the fountain. Um mm-hmm. You know how and this is maybe getting a bit too much. Actually, no. This is for the. This is just for the process of uh, purpose of explaining something. You ever see like a picture of like a like a deep sea fish that's just kind of like gross and deflated? Yes. Um, yes. It's yes. sort of like that. Not quite as bad, but it's like in the water. It's as if it is like sort of like flattened and compressed to fit into this uh, shallow pool. And it's just kind of like continually swimming in a circle. Um, Obviously it's a fish. So, and Oh, um, it has its eyes like sort of on the top, like a flounder and um, they are uncomfortably human and uh, looking at you. (laughs) Um, It doesn't like jump out at you or whatever, but it's just kind of continually, swimming in circles like that. Well, Echo is going to walk around the edge of the fountain. Um, more so just because they did only recently finish uh, an, another encounter with a water-based weird thing. And uh, all the while, those eyes just watch them and, and they keep their own eyes just dead forward. Um almost this is that speculation (laughs) i'll just say they are not acknowledging it the fish just keeps going around and around and watching them and very softly it says it didn't have to come to this jeez (laughs) and echo just kind of like nods even though well, they just kind of nod. Damn it. It's really hard to not want to editorialize <laughs> in some way. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you can't really abscri- ascribe meaning to it. You just kind of have to explain the the base action. So Echo nods and uh, kind of flexes their fingers, which still have that uncomfortable silver, silver scale kind of spreading on their hand. And, uh, says, I know, but did we really have any kind of choice? 
<laughs> and then they will walk uh, deeper into the mall uh, as those ghostly footsteps still kind of click and clack around them. And the fish says, I will let you pass, but you may wish that you had not. Mmm. Alright. I like to think that um, at one point close to the end, there is like briefly what sounds like a small like stampede of human footsteps, but nothing comes of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good, yeah. Is that scene, do we think? Or is I think Ooh. so, yeah. Although I also like the idea of um like that stampede happens and it sounds as though it's coming from behind Echo and they like turn around to try like, see what is coming their way and obviously nothing is there and it, it just it's there's like a breeze like a bunch of bodies pass by quickly and that's it Ooh. you know when a bunch of people walk past you but there's nothing yeah there. Mm. and then that that yeah all right very <laughs> real fucking moody um very disconcerting yeah. more like the moody um. <laughs> <laughs> Next is uh, Jonix uh, running for Pixie. Okay. Okay, let's see. We are all out of established locations, though we can always return to them. I think this one still takes place in the mall. Okay. Because yeah, malls we are, are big. Still. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so. Oh, um, as Chorus, I, if I could offer something, maybe this takes mm-hmm. place in, like, the upper floor of the mall. That was, yeah. Here's here's what it is. Um, Echo, you are feeling two different distinct yearnings. One, you are hungry as hell. And two, this, this bottom floor thing? <laughs> nah. Nah, nah, nah. Gotta be higher. Don't know why. Gotta be higher. Gotta be. So, there's an escalator in front of you. It's not functioning, obviously. You probably don't know that the that it's called an escalator. <laughs> there's some weird stairs. Um, they look like they have teeth. <laughs> there's some convenient <laughs> stairs with, with fat railings <laughs> next to them. Um, and at the top is an orange glow. Mm. Deeper into that into the second floor of the mall. Echo doesn't even hesitate. Um, they are going to charge up those uh, teeth stairs, spear in hand. <laughs> All right, uh, at the top of the stairs, there's a uh, there's a, a a small band of of people um, gathered around a fire uh, in that is inside of a. A large ceramic decorative trash can. <laughs> and uh, the people are generally scraggy looking. Uh, and there's something... Something off about them. Um, there's a... They, there's, sometimes their shoulders zig when they should <laughs> zag. Uh, and a couple of them have, uh, have sort of extra patches of things growing out of them. Ooh. Oh my. And and uh, they all turn to look at you because you've charged up the stairs. You made kind of a ruckus. And uh, the guy... The, there's a guy who is kind of the biggest one and he just laughs. <laughs> oh. Okay. And not not like a... Like a uh, not a, a happy... <laughs> no, ah! That's how. That's the laugh. Um, Echo keeps the spear braced in front of themselves. Um, they they keep their distance, but uh, they they look at the man that's laughing and they ask, "Well, what's so funny?" You you've been touched. Echo flexes their hand, and um, the firelight 
um, makes the scales shimmer. And they say, well, what of, what of it? Come, have some soup. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Soon you won't have to worry about anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come here! And everybody else at the, uh, at the fire also starts laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all in on the joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, Echo, being, being fearless, <laughs> will approach. Um, they are still, they still have the staff. They're gripping it tightly, but it's not, you know, out at anybody. It's just there in case they need it. And they lean over and they look into the soup pot. Chorus, what's in the soup pot? Um, <sighs> Give me an ingredient each. Mold. Ooh. Uh, uh, pieces, Fair. pieces of the, of the orb birds. Ooh. So it's kind of got like <laughs> oh. a weird, it's got a weird sparkle quality to it. Mold bird soup, my favorite. Um, and, uh, and one of the smaller ones passes Echo a bowl. <laughs> um. That'll cost ya. You know, you don't eat for free in the mall. Uh, no one does. Well, Echo considers, and they they still have a few gems left, so they pass the gems over. I don't want your fish food. Um, one of them def <laughs> <laughs> one of the like smaller ones does definitely like instantly eat one though. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> I don't want your fish food. They reiterate. <laughs> So Echo's got the bowl of soup in one hand, and they've got most of the gems um, in the other. And they're looking between the two, and they're thinking. (laughs) Give me something valuable. They hand the bowl of soup back to him, and they eat the gems (laughs) themselves. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Ah! And he cl- he claps one of the other ones on the back really hard, and they spill a little yeah. bit of their soup. Oh, they're touched, all right. And then they they basically stop talking <laughs> to you, like they just go go back to what they're doing uh, and group ignore you. Used you. up all of the dialogue options there. <laughs> like legitimately, like if you if you yeah. That so they just they the other ones just kind of turn their heads back to the one who's holding court and you can see now that he has he while he the other ones are a little bit like uh, they're they're definitely like scribbly looking mm-hmm. he all of his growths are just out mm. so the top of his head has grown a couple of protuberances and on his shoulders they're just bigger mm. now as if they had like tires around Ooh. them. And he, and so he just, just he just continues holding court with his with his little friends. Um Echo having no other choice because no one will talk talk to them now, um begins to walk away and after they take a few steps they turn and they look back and you know everyone is clustered together there in the distance. And they shake their head, and they just keep walking, looking for another stair set of stairs. And in as as Echo turns to to walk away, there is the the uh, well, funnily enough, the echoes of that that cackle that follow them for uh, uh, for mm. quite a while. Nice. All right, and I guess it's me running for uh, Jonix now for the last bit of scene three. I mean, the last part of, the last scene of part two. There you go. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Um, hmm. Gotta figure this one out, because this will definitely be a hell of a thing. Um, yeah, it's gotta be a danger. It doesn't gotta be. We had... A- I thought you had to have one. Do you? M- maybe. I think that's what it said. Anyway. Um... <laughs> I know that there is like the like the the nemesis up next, or 
Yeah, I think that's for part three. I don't know if yeah. you necessarily have to have a, a Jane jerk right now. Unless there's some... Let me see if I can... Uh, there might be rules in somewhere that you have to, like, have one of each in it. Mm. Yeah, you have to have, like... Oh, okay. It's... Well, no, it's, um... Let's see if I can find it. Um... The the world must stage at least three danger scenes during the game. Oh. Two in part one and one in part okay. two. Okay. Okay. Oh, so there, it must be okay, danger kinda, then. Yeah. Okay, I had missed that part. We kind of front-loaded with the danger then. Yeah, we got plenty. <laughs> up to everyone, that was, <laughs> everyone was so excited just to have like weird like monsters show up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you tell us Dark Souls, that's instantly what all of us oh, think. Oh, definitely. Just yes. like, no, that means fights, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Um, ooh, ooh, yes. I've got it. I've got it. Okay. I think if we're kind of treating this in a sort of cinematic way, um, the, like, next shot is of, the like, the top of the mall, and there's one of the many skylights that are inevitably in malls, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of them, mm-hmm. like, most of them have, uh, are like cracked open and so um echo uh climbs out of one um cool and um they look and uh forward so the city has been sloping up this whole time um uh but now um when you uh look forward there is in fact this sort of sheer cliff where part of the city either rose up or sunk down it's hard to say but um it's just sort of like there's like solid rock and then um like sort of like concrete infrastructure and exposed like sewer pipes and then above that asphalt and then you know above that more more buildings Mm -hmm. and stuff and you are very close to the top but first you've got to scale this so how are you going to go about doing it oh geez um okay echo uh echo will use the 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 spear as a kind of uh makeshift uh, um like climbing Mm. axe Mm. And just, like, go for it. Like, looking for handholds, you know, old pipes, cartoon fossils. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that is something that, like, requires a price in of itself. Uh, it's been established that uh, Echo is very mobile. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, as you are um, doing so... It is not that something emerges from, like, the stone and dirt and concrete, but rather um, a big mass of the stone and dirt and concrete adjacent to you, like, rises up in a shape as if it was something cresting the water and uh, moves towards you aggressively. And... um, uh, whichever Echo wants to say what it looks like first can say what it looks like. Oh, chorus. Oh, yeah, sorry, chorus. Echo and chorus, similar uh, things. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Um, I don't know. Pixie, what do you got? Um, it looks kind of like the shape of a whale Ooh. with, like, it it looks like there is a fin coming out to slap. Oh, at the at Echo. Okay, so Echo, how are you going to do that? Like avoid that without also like falling to your death. Hmm. Um. Echo uses the tendrils. They had been they had been kind of holding them in again, and uh, they uh, they use them to. Uh, to p- sort of swing them backwards so that, that the the fin misses their body, mm. at least. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a almost like Mario on the <laughs> yeah. poles. Yeah, like like jumped away from the wall. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, the the 
will sort of like submerges again and uh then it like resurfaces on the other side it sort of like takes a little bit to do so in the way that would imply that it was like you know uh submerged and had to like you know change its tack it's like course and all that underwater um though you don't know if that would make sense at all because it is you know the same material that it is swimming in um but it does uh resurface again and uh let's see how uh how's it let's see uh well sarah since pixie like covered the first one how's it coming mm-hmm. this time is it doing another like fin slap is it doing something else does it like look different um it breaches the side of it breaches the stone and it still looks kind of vaguely whale shaped but um i guess when i say it breaches what i actually mean to say is that echo feels the land beneath like where they are clutching actually push away um mm. and they realize they are now hanging on to the back of a moving something Ooh. um that is pulling them oh, uh in different directions uh, across the the sheer cliff face oh yeah boy. And I think that once you tell us how you overcome that, we're going to have to throw prices at you. Okay. Um, I think I think this is the point where Echo gives mm-hmm. in to to the thing that they've been holding back even that much little bit further. And they they kind of let the tendrils just go like autopilot. Oh. Like, it's, it's not even like they're where It's not even like a Dr. Octopus thing. Mm-hmm. Where like they're in control, like the they are being dragged upwards by the tendrils of magic. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Um, which are just just pulling them further and further up in a rough like ragdoll. Motion. Okay. Um. I am. Uh. Let's see. Uh. Okay. Um. So the price I'm going to offer is that um, you can't come back from this um you can like regain a little control but like like the the tendrils are gonna be just out from now on um and you know not it's not like you're an npc now getting just tracked around but like they're going to be out and they're going to be like actively you know probably looking for like handholds and all that um yeah Mm. There's no putting on the <laughs> with going with the Dakok thing. There's no putting the trench coat back over them. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. I will offer kind of the opposite. You can um, kind of push them all out at once in a burst that will definitely um, take care of the whale. But after that point, um, it's going to be very hard to subbing them within yourself again Ooh. like they might oh, just be gone nice oh awesome nice jeez um hmm i th- i i think i'm gonna <laughs> stop giving me hard <laughs> choice mm. anyway the second i'm a time? libra yeah. you know anyways um okay so I think I'm going to go with the... I will miss having tendrils, but I think I'm going to go with it's hard to okay. summon them. Well, then, yeah. Um, once you, like, sort of, like, reach the top, they sort of, like, you know, retract back, and you're just kind of, like, left there laying on the pavement. And um, luckily, it seemed um, there is... Uh, like still some movement from the like like the earth whale down below but it seems like it can't um like move past that that uh vertical plane it's on mm. it can't move over to the horizontal plane that you're on now and uh like when you uh like and you look around you are like very close to the top of the city Echo uh, takes a moment for for a breath and then 
stands up and dusts themselves off as best they can, given the situation, and keeps on going. All right. Okay. Um, well, that completes part two. Mm-hmm. And um, the next phase, uh, part three, isn't scenes in the traditional sense, um, but it is when the revelation uh, where the adversaries revealed in all their terrible glory. Uh, basically, at this point, we abandon the turn order, and uh, whoever has like a good idea for the adversary that they want to put in, like sort of first come, first serve, and um, it, it... I have Okay. <laughs> oh, beat. Um... A towering, um, semi-humanoid figure who is all silver, kind of rippling, and they have some features of, like, they have fins, and they have wings, and they have long, flowing hair. So they're like fish, bird, human, all in one, but they're very large, and they're all silver. Okay, how is this, how does this entity make their entrance? As soon as Echo gets up to the like the highest point that they can currently reach, um, as soon as they look up, they see this figure like descending. Like it's everything, like it's um, fins, wings, and hair are all kind of like flowing, and it, it descends slowly downward, kind of floating. All right. And I believe uh, for the clash, uh, it's like the same basic like uh, setup. So I think that Sarah is Echo here for this final oh thing, boy. and we're we're actually kind of locked into this for the rest of part three. So okay. Um. So I guess like, I, I mean, I'm I'm the I'm an, I'm just a chorus. So I'm gonna like step step back and. Wait for see how this unfolds. Oh wait, I had not explained the how the clash works. Oh yeah. Um, That's yeah. Important. Um, okay, so it is basically the same as a uh, danger scene. However, um, the first time you pay a price, the adversary is merely wounded and um, shifts their uh, sort of changes somehow. It might be like a literal transformation, or maybe it's just like an like they switch up their stance or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, then paying a second price actually manages to like finally defeat them. Uh, it also says that when uh, if the adversary is intelligent, um, you can totally feel free to like talk to the wanderer as you fight. Um, okay. And, oh, and also. Okay. Um, the prices a wanderer must pay to beat the adversary can be fearsome, up to and including their own life, if that's how you want to play this. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, well, first and foremost, Echo uh, looks up at this big thing in front of them and announces, Let me pass. I simply wish to go higher. Um, in response, the the figure laughs and it's like all the voices that echo has ever heard (laughs) singing at once and it says you think you can go higher you think you can go higher than me this place was not made for you this place was made for us well then i will take my place within this city and that is when echo uh charges it and actually uses uh uses their new fortified spear because it is covered in those fancy silver scales uh to kind of like a pole vault (laughs) just to get up there to get to where to where this adversary thing is it needs it doesn't have it doesn't have a name um and actually grab onto them while still holding onto the the vault like the the spear and will grab onto like its hair and try to try to like stab it in the back oh geez um uh, i think that like when it's grabbed you said that uh i believe you said that the adversary was sort of like shimmering and rippling 
Yeah. I feel like when you grab it, it, like the whole body, like sort of a ripple, like a physical ripple of like just an inch like in height just like goes down it. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, is my uh, chorus duties here. Um, I will add that the uh, that as as Echo goes to make that pole vault, the adversary starts to sing, and it's the song from the be- from the beginning when they first yes. got off the boat. Yeah. yeah. Tonics is real good at callbacks. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's good. It's the only thing I have. <laughs> um, um. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so um. As Echo thrusts the spear toward it, the song crescendos. And okay, so like we we can do the price at any point here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got one. Um, if like if like there's like an incredibly loud like magical song, here's a price. Like you're deafened. <laughs> okay, deafened, but I can actually like deal that first blow. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the wor- okay. and the world still got one to offer too. Mm-hmm. Or um, you can land that blow with the spear and not be deafened, but the spear goes like sinks completely into it, and so you don't have a weapon, Ooh. you don't have your magic. Oh, oh that's right, you bastards! Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, you've, you've both left me without my weapons now. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, those are both really good. Um, <laughs> I think I think I'm going to give up the spear mm. to deal the damage. Yeah. I so how uh world, how big is the adversary like the the thing I'm wondering is would like would pushing the spear all the way through be enough be something that would seem like it would stick out the other side or is it like that big um it it's pretty big but it might you might be able if you speared it all the way through the tip might emerge from the other okay, side okay i'm just saying as the echo that it doesn't okay okay um so, at this point, uh, I've lost my spear. I've lost my magic, mostly, except for, like, a single... I, I think, like, a single tendril, kind of, is really all they can command mm-hmm. at the moment. And it's mm-hmm. it's not a lot. It's, it's, at this point, more of a grappling hook than anything meant to do any damage, you know? Yeah. Um, oh. But they do... Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to ask, like... Uh... How does the adversary change after that attack is landed? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, the the song changes into a a scream. It's not any louder. Oh. It's just. Um, but then um, their whole body begins to like ripple and surge like a choppy stormy ocean. Mm. Nice, nice, very cool. Um, Echo is going to take the last tendril and actually use it to like wrap around something to basically lash themselves to this thing. And because their hands are still grabbing hold of this thing's hair, uh, they demand like as loud as they can fly, take me higher. I have to go higher. Oh, jeez. Oh. Hmm. Is it time for a price or does this just play out? Because for one, I definitely think that they're gonna i feel like the adversary will do that yeah they will they're going to okay it's so i okay well if it is time for a price i've got one sure go ahead okay so um so there's so the the adversary acquiesces to to fly higher to say you know uh to do as Echo demands, and uh, Echo is essentially helpless up there. 
there is no there is no leverage anymore. Echo is giving themselves over to the whims of the adversary and the world mm. being that high up. Okay. They have no more control. Mm. Okay. How about you, Pixie? Echo can choose to summon, like, with all of their might, um, pull back the magic into themselves. But if they do that, um, they will they will lose themselves. They will lose their physical form. Oh. They will become the magic. Wow. Um, so it's either get to go higher and lose big, like, physical control, like, the ability to, like, fight back, basically, because I'll be, you know, thousands of feet in the air. Um, or kind of become this magic thing. Is that right? They, yeah, they, they keep, they're able to control where they go, but they lose their physical form. Oh. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go with, um, with, with Jonix's option to, to go higher, because I kind of have an idea of, of, um, so yeah, Echo, Echo is just going to basically kind of treat this, this massive mythical creature like a horse and just like (laughs) yank on its hair as hard as possible Mm. to try and like, like convince this thing to go higher and maybe like shake, like give them the the urge to shake them off so that they can actually get into the air. Um, It does. And it, it begins to like snap around really violently um it it could potentially give you like whiplash it's like snapping so violently like Mm -hmm. it's almost kind of teleporting but not quite Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. okay but it is going higher it is getting into the air cool um so i guess this means that i get to like this is like a victory state now right because i'm like yeah, I've I've like paid two prices yeah. kind of thing. Yep. Um okay. Cuz like the way I the way I kind of can see this in my head is that Echo is in the air and they are about as high as you can get in their world. Um and you know there's the city is is beneath them and and you can just really see the extent of of the damage done to it over the years and the changes you can see like the the sunken quarter and it's it's mirror water and the towers off in the distance and uh, everything just being consumed by growth and water so it has this very ethereal kind of feeling um and echo kind of realizes that they are there, there's nowhere to go. This is the end of the line. So what they do is they take their infected hand, their their silver-scaled hand, which is now already kind of spread up to the elbow, and um, they... They plunge it right into the wound they dealt the thing earlier. Ooh. Inside, you can feel... It's heart. <laughs> Doesn't feel it's it's not made of flesh, but it's like a core. Yeah. Um and basically the way I see it is that the scale uh the scaled hand takes hold of the core and that scale starts to just like rapidly spread like over echo and even changes the quality of the the adversary as well. Um and like swallows the two of them up. And then it's, uh, God, like, as, like, they're both kind of swallowed up, they start to fall and then just, like, turn into more scale that's, like, like, like petals at this point. It's just, like, flying off into the air. And there's so many of them that you lose sight of, of the adversary and you lose sight of Echo and I mean, it's it's like a cloud. It it spreads over the whole sky, and what falls out instead of the adversary or Echo is just something new and something different um, that has kind of the same qualities, 
similar qualities to the adversary, but is smaller and more human-shaped. But it has, like, bird-like wings, and it has, um, kind of a strange form, and, like, a fish tail, like, snapping behind it. And, like, this thing is, is kind of what's left in the aftermath from, um, I guess from, like, emerging. I'm just like, gonna say, as an echo, and also, um, because it was uh, my price, I'm gonna say there's definitely gotta be a little fungus in there. Like, maybe not, like... <laughs> there's definitely... Oh, yeah, it's, like, got, like, horns and stuff. Like, yeah. it's got, like, fungi horns and stuff, like, curling oh, off its yeah. head and down its back. Like, like, uh, like, like a dinosaur's ridges. Nice. It's uh. definitely not terribly human-looking. It has, like, kind of a... a general bipedal form but the, it, it doesn't have much in the way of like human features and stuff like that but it has wings and then as it starts to fall it actually can like spread those wings and like let itself down to the ground very easily and carefully and um at the highest point in the city Alright, I think that the next stage after that is um, the epilogue, which is... Although we've tread pretty deep. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, I feel yeah. like it's, yeah. But uh, we see what effect the Wanderer's actions have had in the world. If the Wanderer or the adversary survive their clash, we may also gain insight into what happens to them. Um, and if they're alive, the Wanderer has a choice. Um, wait. In a game with three or more players, the role of the world passes left until it reaches someone who was part of the chorus in the Revelation and the Clash scenes. I think left is our thing, so I think that is Jonix. Mm. And the person to their left will take on the role of the Wanderer, which I believe is me. This is a part I had not read in the last one, so I'm, I apologize to the place. Yeah, I'm seeing here, it's, uh, so it's... Uh... So yeah, it's essentially in a game of in a game of three or more people. It's the involving the person, anyone who didn't didn't get to play, uh, essentially in the clash and the uh, revelation. So that's the idea um, for the okay. epilogue. And uh, if they're alive, the wonder has a choice to replace the adversary or to abandon the area and move on. Um, well, I'd say we've already pretty replaced. There. Yeah. Um, well. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay. Um, it was uh, good. Now, the thing is, uh, Echo could still move on from here. Mm -hmm. Damn, that's Or true. they could take the adversary's role here. Um, and If they even are Echo yeah, anymore. Yeah, um, and I... Um, I definitely think that, um, I think Echo is, uh, going to stay. I think that, um, they're going to, like, they've been, like, moving so much over the last couple hours, um, but now after they settle down in the highest point in the city, which I imagine is, like, some kind of skyscraper, um, up near the apex, they're going to just, like, like, sit down on a ledge and, like, have it so like one leg is like hanging over and the other like the the other leg is sort of like up so they can rest an elbow on the knee you know like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're just going to like survey the city from where they are yeah, i think the i think the top of um at the top of the skyscraper is a is a is actually a sculptural Ooh. piece it's a uh, it's an outstretched hand reaching up towards the oh. sun, mm. and that is what they're sitting no. on. That's <laughs> so good. Nice. Since the the uh, the wanderer has now become the adversary, um, and they they're spending all that time mm -hmm. at the top, just basking in the in the height and the the breeze and the clouds and the and the air. Um, the uh, the petals that fell during their metamorphosis don't stop. Oh. They drift downwards from from their silver wings, uh, and, and slowly start to cover the uh, the surrounding city. Oh. 
Nice. The the molded mall, uh, with its denizens living in the dark and the shadow the shadow crowds, and the thing in the fountain, um, it starts to get brighter as the uh, the silver the silver petals uh, attach themselves to the walls and reflect the ambient light from outside. Old shops that had been hidden in the dark for for decades are now uh, being revealed again, and their secrets can now be plum, uh, plumbed again uh, by those who are, you know, trapped inside. Um, the Feral Park, uh, the birds are... There's more of them <laughs> now. <laughs> In fact, there's exactly double the amount Ooh. as the petals... Interact with the with the uh, the strange orbular birds. They they create a uh, uh, duplicates, mm. exact duplicates of each and every bird. Ooh, neat. <laughs> nice. And uh, they tend to uh, they tend the the doubles tend to uh, try to ignore each <laughs> other. They uh, they they keep about a a twelve hour shift one one way or the other. <laughs> so now. The Feral Park is uh, is called the Cawing Grove because there's always birds, always, no matter what. Um, and uh, the the uh, the sunken quarter has uh, has it has a, a a larger population of the small silver fish that were feeding on the gems, but they're getting hungrier mm. and bigger and meaner, especially with the bridge collapsed. That is the most dangerous area of the city now. All right. I'm also seeing here that uh, if I replace the adversary, I get to name one thing that I do differently at, than the one I replaced, and one thing I do the same. Mm. Um, sure. The thing I uh, do the same is definitely going to be like hanging up, like hanging out around here as sort of like a mightier than thou. Holier than thou, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, also mightier, um, like kind of aloof and all that. But um, the different thing is that um, I mean, you know, we didn't really see the adversary do too much, but um, I think that um, the the echo thing is uh, going to take. As sort of as displayed on the city as a whole, is going to take a more active role in like reshaping their territory. So like mm-hmm. uh, this, uh, the the size scraper they're perched on is going is slowly going to like turn into like something else. Yeah, and I don't think we see oh. what it is, but we definitely see that it is starting to like change. Mm. Cool. I think that might be the end of the game. Ooh. That is the end. Okay, yes. that's yes. really cool. Um, I well, I really like the way, like the note that it ends on. It's mm-hmm. kind of like life is going on, but Echo still can't be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Were there any conjectures that uh, we had about stuff going on that we want to? share i'm going to admit as much fun as i had coming up with all of this i never came up with like much of an idea of like what like the actual story was because the whole thing felt so like dreamlike <laughs> i yeah. love that um, i'm like a huge fan of that kind of thing though i think it's just because i'm like such a big uh um i always feel like I, i'm always referencing video games in the show i mean but um <laughs> i'm a huge near automata uh, fan and i just kind of feel like i accidentally steered this thing <laughs> in that in that direction like pretty hardcore um so i like the weird the dreamy the weird dreamy nature of it yeah but um so to me it though i got a very greek oh. myth feel Ooh. from this and to me, it felt like it felt like if you sent uh, um, uh, 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 Theseus, mm. like Echo is Theseus, to kill Icarus. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> instead of like instead of the Minotaur, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's Icarus at the that's, end. That's awesome. That's really something. Yeah, I I also like the siren imagery. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. With like bird wings and all that and then the weird fish aspect as well. Yes. Um, that's actually really neat because it is kind of like the two conflicting ideas of what sirens are. Like some sometimes like fantasy has them be fishy and sometimes they're birdy and it's kind of like a neat uh meeting of those two concepts in the middle. Yeah. 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 I, I also like that we have the opposite of that with the the thing in the pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Or not the pond. The thi- I'm sorry, the thing yeah, in the fountain, yeah. not the pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing in the fountain, which is like the opposite of a siren, but it's still acting exactly as a siren would. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking a lot about what I wanted to do with like a part two thing, because like the previous like thing in the pond had been like, honestly, like that had been part two material almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to go for something that was not dangerous, but still kind of like existentially unpleasant. The idea mm-hmm. that there was something that was like created or changed by this world and is like very unhappy with its lot in life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, did anyone have any idea about the uh, the 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 multiple warnings of like the world was not made for you, um, or the city was not made for you, etc. I, I had some vague thoughts. Um, one was. The idea of, like, the city was made for itself or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, the city itself was some kind of, like, larger concept that, like, causality, it wasn't as much of an issue for. Right. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and then also kind of the idea that humans may have made the city, but they made it so that what would come after them could have it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like, the city isn't for Echo, because Echo is still mostly a people, um, <laughs> but then once Echo stops being, like, a person, and is actually, like, kind of this the new adversary thing, like, now it is, like, it is a city for them, um, and that actually kind of works, that kind of jives, because they said right before they fought the, the adversary, they were saying, like, oh, well, I'll, you know, make myself a part of the city then. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's it, cool. Yeah, it, yeah. Cool neat and fun because that was definitely just like improv at the uh, at the end or when i when i said the world was not made yeah (laughs) yeah like that was definitely like what's something an old person says (laughs) (laughs) when they're about to die they said the world's not made for you beware the mushroom gang you know i was so tempted to like i was tempted to like let the mushroom game kind of sit and then i was like you know what i want instant gratification for the fair, and totally I think fair. I think that is a neat part of the game where people can sort of like run with each other's balls and stuff. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very yeah. cool. Yeah, I was like thinking because when I said in the first episode uh, when we were talking about consequences of fighting the mushroom gang, I went like, oh, I had another one, and the idea was that like the the I, I thought like it'd be cool if in the middle of the fight. The, the tendrils made, like, the, the ceiling or the roof collapse, oh. so they actually went... And it would have been interesting, because it would have been going down instead of going up, and it would have been a completely different story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, jeez. I know, right? I... Uh, <laughs> and I just thought of it a minute too late. Uh, I've played this game twice now, and I really like how it always starts with, like, okay, this is weird, not sure how I'm gonna do this, and it always ends <laughs> with, hey, this fucking rocks. This fucking yeah. rules. Yeah, this game is extremely cool. Um, so, like, again, yeah. thank you very much, Chris. Um, you are indeed a friend of the show for making this and Pig Smoke. Holy crap. Um, and by now, the Kickstarter is very much over. Uh, we're not entirely sure when this is going to go up because of weird schedule plans, but I had a blast playing it with all of y'all. And it was fun to have a game that didn't have to have a, a GM. We all kind of yeah. got to, because, you know, we all got to understand the panic that poor Owen has to feel <laughs> yeah. uh, multiple times a week where Owen yep. has to run this game and come up with shit off the top of his head. And we're all just players just like throwing spanners into his works. It so. is. I think this game is very good improv training because it very much rewards like thoughtless action, just like throwing shit yeah. out without knowing why, just because it's without cool. knowing what happens next. Yeah. So 
It, it was good for everybody. Now we all know how Owen lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, okay. uh, thanks to you all for listening. And uh, Absolutely. we look forward to the next time we can do something like this. Ta-ta! Big Gay Nerds is made possible by our Patreon supporters. We would like to give special thanks to Alexander Messick, Calvin Cox, Dave Camp, Dumpster Hime, Evelyn Nadia DuPont, Frank L., Heather Connolly, Homo Ace, Jack Toops, Jarnope, John the Book Hoarder, MC Verdandi, Ollie, Patrick Moore, Sean Kelleher, Thor Holmquist, Trash Hime, and Zach. If you would like to join their ranks and gain access to special content, simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier.